0: Welcome to The Awesome Pod Mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today, I'll be talking about the TV show Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 12. The show is developed by Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, Brendan Hunt and Joe Kelly. This episode's title is So Long, Farewell, written by Brendan Hunt, Joe Kelly and Jason Sudeikis and directed by Declan Lowney. The episode begins with a sports talk show titled Proper. I couldn't read the whole name. The anchors discuss how Richmond could win the whole thing despite no one rooting for them in the beginning. Terry Henry says that Rupert and Rebecca were a power couple. Shut up, Terry Henry. These weren't just Rebecca's thoughts but mine as well. Ted waltzes into Rebecca's kitchen in his PJs. Both Rebecca and Ted say good morning to each other. Ted asks her, do you want to talk about it? Rebecca replies, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Oh my god, I flipped. Did something happen between the two? They have this eye contact thing going when Beard enters and interrupts their conversation. Beard is sporting a talk with text that reads the darkness. Beard thanks Rebecca for letting him, Ted and Jane crash at her home last night. Rebecca and Ted are fucking stealing glances. Rebecca says, It's not that I refuse to talk about you going back home, Ted. It's just that I refuse to accept that you're not coming back. Neither are we, Rebecca, neither are we. The maid arrives and reacts shocked. Coach Beard and Jane run after her. Beard's line, some of it is dirty on purpose, is over Rebecca's close-up. Rebecca sips her tea, looking at Ted without blinking. Ted smiles back at her. These are not normal glances. Some of it is dirty on purpose. Something transpired between these two last night. They may not choose to show it, but there's definitely something unsaid between these two. I refuse to believe otherwise. Jason, I wasn't even shipping Ted and Rebecca, but you made me question my sanity with eight moments this season alone. I was happy for them to just be friends. You can choose your narrative and I can choose mine. I'll get to those eight moments that I mentioned. The title sequence begins. The big one by Alan Tube plays as the locker room court scene begins. It's a heartwarming scene. Everyone's pitching in for the post-match dinner at Ola's. Nate is now assistant to the kit man. Slow and gradual redemption. Okay, not bad. Jamie donates a little extra and gestures Nate to keep mum. Roy appears out of nowhere with Scarce in the parking lot just like season one. Ted checks the text sent by Michelle that Henry is eagerly waiting for Ted to come back home. Coach Beard arrives and reveals that Jane shredded his passport. Damn, I was hoping to see his actual name on it. Coach Beard has triple citizenship. Trent shares a draft of his book titled The Lasso Way, as we all predicted, with Ted and Coach Beard. He wants to know if there's anything they disagree with and Trent would be glad to tell them where they are wrong, because he's not going to change anything. Roy enters and slams his gym bag on the desk, shrieking, "Fuck!" When Ted checks with Roy if everything is okay, he asks the same question that Nate has asked this season. How do you know if a girl likes you or not? Answer: You don't. Ted thinks it's a case for the Diamond Dogs. Coach Beard almost reaches the phone to call Higgy Pai. Roy's answer is a resounding, No, 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 no. So close. Rebecca discusses with Higgy Pai and Keely what she plans to do with the club once Ted leaves. So we get the impression that Rebecca may sell the club. On the field, Richmond players are having their practice session. Ted requests Roy to call it. In true Roy fashion, he goes, Whistle! Whistle! Ted doesn't want to make a big deal about the last practice session. Well, you thought wrong. Roy says, sure. Ted reacts saying, that was ominous. Coach Beard reacts saying, what the fuck was that? The bell rings. Coach Beard says, what the fuck is that? Coach Beard and Ted look onto the field. Coach Beard says, what the fuck is this? Team Richmond sings and dances to the song So Long, Farewell by the Vandals. Will is holding the boombox, and Roy is singing, too. This was perfect. Ted also says the same, and Beard sheds a tear or two. Team Richmond collectively lose their shit like Oprah's favorite things. For some reason, I feel that Ted is, how do I put this delicately, numb. Ted, why are you trying to run away from your feelings? In a two-minute single shot, we see Trent complimenting Keely's nice boots. Keely walks to the manager's room and the camera follows her. The song Waterfall by the Stone Roses plays. Keely hands over the going-away presents to Ted and Coach Beard. Jamie requests Keely to be his publicist. Roy watches this from afar. Roy checks with Jamie if he wants to grab drinks with him later. Nate is surprised to learn that Roy and Jamie are now friends. Rebecca and her mother Deborah are having lunch at Crown and the Anchor pub. Deborah says... I mean, when your father died, I was terrified of being alone. But now I've learned so much about myself this last year, and I've been right all along, you know. I really am exceptional. Rebecca responds, right. Mother, you know, Ted isn't dying. He's just moving back to America. The part of the conversation where Rebecca's mother, Deborah, compares Ted to her dead husband, it feels like Ted is Rebecca's husband. Are you fucking kidding me with this? You created this moment. You created this moment, and you expect me to believe they are not supposed to get together. Right. You know you laid the trap and you walked right into it. Rebecca expresses that Tish is a fraud that preys on people's weaknesses. Of course, you wouldn't want us to believe in psychics and their predictions. You just want us to believe in art. The three Richmond fans, Baz, Jeremy and Paul, thank Rebecca for taking care of the club like a mother. Ted reads Trent's book and Trent monitors Ted's reaction. Trent really wants Ted to like the book. Shadows by Future Islands featuring Debbie Henry plays. Roy and Jamie drink together. Roy expresses he's proud of Jamie for the work he's put in this season. Jamie thanks Roy for the motivation and the encouragement. Roy hopes their friendship doesn't get affected. They get into a pissing contest over who gets to be with Keeley. I thought Jamie understood and accepted that Roy and Keeley were for real when he came to apologize to Keeley for the video leak. How did this 180 degree happen? I don't get it. I hope their friendship doesn't get affected by this. Ted is in the stadium just like in the title sequence. Rebecca's voice pours in. I'm ready to talk about it now. Rebecca sits next to Ted. The moment she sits, the camera slowly starts to track into them. Without looking at Ted, Rebecca says, I've decided to sell the club. Rebecca now turns to look at Ted. You go, I go. It's like you jump, I jump from Titanic. Rebecca gives him another option, to stay. Rebecca understands and respects that Ted needs to go home to his son, but this is also his home. She shares her plans not just for Ted and Henry, but also Michelle. Girl, you've got such a big heart. Rebecca says, I know people say I'm crazy, but I still think I'd be underpaying you for what you mean to this club. If they don't value you the way Rebecca values Ted, you should leave. If you can't value me the way Rebecca values Ted, then you don't deserve me. Rebecca pours her heart out. She's most vulnerable at this moment. She requests Ted to stay, but of course Ted has made up his mind. He's awfully quiet throughout the whole scene. Rebecca has decided to sell the club. She even shares her desire to travel abroad. Ted thinks, eat, pray, love style. Rebecca corrects him. More like drink, sleep, fuck. You go, girl. Ted reacts, saying, "Uh uh-huh, and both start laughing. Eight moments this season alone, including you go, I go, the value, drink, sleep, fuck, made me think maybe I should have shipped them. I was fine with them just being friends, but this is a step beyond friendship, and it includes romance. I'm not certain who you're trying to fool. Ask the audience, or you yourselves. Keeley is shocked to learn that Jamie and Roy were fighting over her like Neanderthals. They arrive at a conclusion that Keeley should get to choose. How generous of these Neanderthals. I'm glad Keeley sets both their asses straight. She throws them out of her house and rightly so. And apparently you threw their character development down the drain. At least Roy and Jamie realize they are fucking idiots. Ted spots Nate staring at the top of the door wall in the locker room. For a second, I was like, what's he looking at? Am I missing something? The missing belief sign. Nate apologizes to Ted and hugs him. Ted reveals he ripped the belief sign more times than Nate did. Even though the belief sign is not there, Ted still sees it. The match day arrives. The song In Between Days by Ben Folds plays. The old married couple from the first season make an appearance. Michael's ticket is under the country music singer's name, Wyona Judd. John and Jessica, the shite Nining Niningama couple, collect their tickets too. Baz, one of the three fans, says that if they win the Premier League title, it'll be boring. If I don't slap you in the face, Baz, it'll be boring. Ted ponders when they didn't win the Premier League title in the first season, they were dropped to the championship. And this time, even if they come fourth, they are eligible for the Champions League. It doesn't make sense. The championship and the Champions League sound the same because they both have the word champion. Higgy Pie, Coach Beard, Trent and Roy try to make sense of it. Roy's got the perfect answer – money. Ted feels that makes sense. Maybe Jason is saying if season 4 happens, it'll be because of money. I'm sorry, Jason, I would hate that. The first reason to make anything, whether it's a film or a TV show, should be the story. Of course, the writers should be fairly compensated for that. Nate walks in and wishes Ted and Coach Beard good luck. It's a reunion of the Diamond Dogs. Trent very respectfully gives them the space for the proper reunion. Ted welcomes Trent in, saying, You stay put. You are part of the squad. You are stuck with us, buddy. That is so sweet, Ted. Trent is more than happy to be included. Roy expresses he wants to be a part of the Diamond Dogs. Ted and Coach Beard look around and search. At one point, Ted looks straight into the camera but the shot is not in focus. When Roy asks what they're doing, they reveal they're looking for cameras because this has to be a prank. Roy genuinely wants to join the Diamond Dogs. Roy reveals he's tried hard to change but he's still the same. Ted checks if Roy wanted to be someone else. Roy reveals he wanted to be someone better. The following responses from the characters are so on brand. Trent says you never really change per se, you just accept who you've always been. I think that's because he struggled with revealing or expressing who he really is. Nate says, I think you can change sometimes for the worse and sometimes for the better. Nate has changed sometimes for the worse and sometimes for the better. Ted disagrees with Roy about not having changed. Roy finally asked to be a diamond dog, that's progress, that's growth. Change isn't about trying to be perfect. Change is about being better. I'm not getting into any debate about whether perfect is boring because I believe you can only say that once you've attained perfection in your art. Higgy Pai compliments Trent's hair as perfect. Higgy Pai says, Human beings are never going to be perfect, Roy. The best we can do is keep asking for help and accepting it when you can. And if you keep on doing that, you'll always be moving towards better. Higgy pie and his wisdom. Roy thanks them for their advice. Nate reveals he's got a girlfriend named Jade. Everyone cheers for him. Rupert enters with his trench coat wearing Darth Vader vibes. Now it's Rupert who wants to beat Rebecca. Rupert is accused of assault. If his club wins the match, he could stay in power for longer. What the damn hell? He should have been instantly removed as the club owner when the sexual assault news broke. This is what is wrong with the system, all the systems around the world. People get away with sexual assault without any repercussions. Wrestlers in India are protesting against WFI Chief Bridgbush Sharan Singh over sexual harassment allegations. The wrestlers are demanding his arrest. It's a shame that the wrestlers are mistreated repeatedly. It's an extremely appalling state of affairs. I can't even. United World Wrestling has issued its first statement letter about the Indian protests. That's the only silver lining I see right now. Sassy and Rebecca meet Rupert. Rebecca says whatever happens today, a team that you love wins. Sassy with her sass wishes Rupert the best because he's the fucking worst. I wish she had said, fuck off and die, Rupert. Rebecca comes to the stands to join Keeley, Higgy Pie, his wife and Barbara. When Higgy Pai's wife asks Barbara if she loves football, she says, I prefer rugby because it's more grown men throwing other grown men into the air like children. And there's blood. Zawa sends in a care package for the Richmond players. It's got t-shirts with text that reads avocados. Zawa's line on the note, I'm always inside you, sounds wrong on so many levels. Zawa has sent one avocado. One, one giant avocado. Holy guacamole, indeed Jamie. Danny Rojas finally apologizes for destroying Zoho's face. He gifts Zoho a mask like the Zorro. Coach Beard writes fourth thing on the whiteboard and Roy covers it with a distraction, the TV. It's definitely an indicator of the fourth season. Coach Beard's motivation video is titled, A Look Back Over the Song, A Beautiful Game by Ed Sheeran. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes footage in this. All the players get teary-eyed. Coach Beard curses. There's a pan shot from West Ham players to crying Richmond players. Coach Beard thinks he blew it. Ted and Roy disagree. A crying Roy says, You fucking smashed it. Back in Kansas, Jake is being an absolute dick about Ted's game. West Ham manages to score a goal first. Man City takes the lead against Liverpool. It's half-time. Richmond players are now in the locker room. In the wide shot, Ted says, Well, fellas, we gotta work it out for us in the second half. In a mid-shot, Ted continues, But you know, I'll get to all that in a minute. No, right now, all I wanna do is let you gentlemen know what an absolute honour it's been to be your coach. In a close-up shot of Ted intercutting with the player's reaction, he says, Getting to work with you all these last three years has truly been one of the greatest experiences of my life. I've loved getting to know every single one of you. Learning all about the men you were and getting a front row seat to see the men you all have become. And I want to thank you for your patience with me. You know, when I showed up here, I didn't know one thing about soccer. But now, well, now I know at least one thing about football. I am so gosh damn proud to be a part of this team, you know. And I love you guys. I'm gonna miss you all. This just feels like Jason trying to say goodbye. Ted doesn't know what's gonna happen regarding the second half of the match. That's the fun of sports. And also the torture of not knowing if Season 4 would happen. WGA Strike is on and SAG and DGA might join in soon. So it's gonna be a while before we get an announcement. Ted wants the Richmond players to play hard, play smart, play together and just, you know, he turns to look at the top of the door wall. Sam has something to say. He takes out a piece of belief. Jamie takes out a piece of belief from the book The Beautiful and Damned by F. Scott Fitzgerald. It's the same book Ted gifted him in the first season. Every player takes out a piece of belief they've been carrying. The players put the pieces down and unpuzzle the hard puzzle smartly and together. Ted and Nate exchange a look as all of this unfolds. Ted looks at it, impressed, and says there it is, number four, believe. So I believe there will be a season four? If there's no place like home and no place like Richmond either, then Richmond is home. Season four is going to be the homecoming, Ted's homecoming. Post-half-time, Richmond misses three goals in a row. Jamie scores the first goal, so the fourth time is the charm, fourth season. Jamie gets a penalty shot. Later, Jamie gets a penalty shot. Jamie passes the ball to Danny Rojas. Danny passes the ball to Isaac. Isaac wants to pass it to Colin but Colin requests him to take the shot. Higgy Pie reacts, covering his wife like human shield, seeing the ball in Isaac's hand. Isaac is about to take the shot and we see the shot of a greyhound trying to hide its face, reminding us what happened with Danny Rojas. Coach Beard and Ted have crossed their fingers. Roy has crossed all his fingers. That was really funny. Isaac shoots the ball. Everyone thinks the ball went over the goalpost. In reality, the ball went through tearing the net, hitting John the Shite and Nining Armour in the face. The screen shows John's face covered in blood. Barbara sees this and cheers. Rupert loses his school. He walks out of the stands. The ground crew is fixing the net. Rupert marches on to the field. He argues and pushes George when he disagrees to do as Rupert says. The commentators call Rupert nuts and just then we see a bloodshot shot of nuts of George. Nuts of George is a great title. The audience starts to call Rupert wanker, pointing their fingers at him. West Ham scores a goal and Ted laughs. Roy asks Ted what's so funny. Player number 14 was offside. Now Ted knows what's offside. Oh, that's the one thing about football he knows now. Coach Beard gives Ted the money he lost on the bet. One more minute is added to the game. They start playing and Richmond gets a free kick. Ted calls Nate and pretends to give him the Oscar. Oscar is heavy. I wouldn't know. I've never won one. It's a play from Season 1, Episode 3, titled Trent Krem, The Independent. It's an Oscar or the SP. Sam, Jamie and Mo go, Oh. Sam kicks the ball to Dixon, Dixon passes it to Moe. Jamie pretends to want the ball, saying, Pass me the ball, I want the ball. Ted says barbecue sauce and Sam shoots the ball. It's a goal, Richmond wins. Everyone cheers, all hug. Nate recreates his moment with Ted from Season 1. One of the player's girlfriends comes over and kisses him. Colin kisses Michael, just like Colin always wanted. Ted does the running man like he did in Season 1. At the airport newsstand, there are three newspapers, The British Post, The Sun, The Everyday Independent. Some headlines read as follows. Lust conquers all, welcomes West Ham whistleblowers. Shove off, Mannion out after nutty pit-side push. Best feeding, Mannion's ex, Bex Inc's book deal on placenta recipes. Ew, Bex. Richmond for all, Welton sells 49% of club to fans. On another stand, a magazine cover reads, Zawa returns, Striker heads to LAFC, Entrepreneur magazine cover reads, A star fucker is born, Shandy fine, the brains behind the hottest new dating app, Jack Danvers is no longer daddy's little girl. Ted picks up the everyday independent and be no magazine. Tommy the assy guy bumps into Ted and asks if he's Ted Lasso. His response is, I'm one of them. What does that even mean? Aren't you, Ted Lasso? Ted? Ted, you're killing me. Tommy thinks Ted is visiting home. He reveals he's leaving for good. Tommy calls Ted a legend and asks for an assi. Rebecca waits for Ted at the boarding gate. She's here only to say a proper goodbye. Ted says classic rom-com leave cute tactic. Love it. Okay. I've heard of meet cutes and happy unions at the airport. Not leave cute. There's nothing cute about people leaving you. Don't kill me, Ted. Ted wants to go and be with his family and Rebecca wants to be with hers. Rebecca doesn't like that she's been described as the club matriarch. Better than soccer mom. Ted says it does have more gravitas than soccer mom. I can't believe I predicted it. Both of them thank each other at the same time. Rebecca hugs Ted. It's a long, lingering hug. Their eyes are filled with tears. She hits him playfully before she withdraws. Inside the aircraft, Ted is finding it weird leaving like this without winning the whole freaking thing. He feels terrible saying goodbye to a bunch of nice folks. Ted realizes air conditioning is a privilege. It most definitely is. Coach Beard doesn't want to go, but he doesn't want to abandon Ted either. Coach Beard seeks Ted's permission to go to Jane. Ted understands Coach Beard is following his heart. Are you following your heart, Ted? Coach Beard and Ted say their I love yous to each other. I love you, Ted. I love you too, Willis. So Willis is Coach Beard's real name. So what you're talking about, Willis, was not a different strokes reference in season 2? Willis fakes an appendix emergency to get off the plane. Willis gets off the plane. The air hostess checks with Ted if he wants to join his friend. He refuses. She calls him an arsehole. The song Father and Son by Cat Steven plays. I think the whole sequence from this moment forward is a dream sequence. Rebecca walks out of the airport and spots a little girl who looks exactly like her in her child. The little girl trips. Rebecca comes to her aid. It's the pilot's boatman's daughter. It feels very odd. The little girl asks her father the lady's name. Rebecca replies, Rebecca, this scene has a very sleepless in Seattle vibe. It feels convenient and not earned. That's why it's a dream sequence. Now we don't get to know Matteo Vander Green's character name until the credits roll. His name is Mataish. You can see a sun flare in the frame. I'll tell you its significance toward the end of the montage. Ted unwraps Keely's parting gift. It's the Richmond snow globe. The sun shines through the plane window on Ted. It could be a dream sequence. Keely's gift to Ted should be more personal. Maybe a lion or a panda. Willis slash Coach Beard has marked Trent's draft with a few thoughts. Ted's note on Trent's draft reads, Great job, Trent. I loved it. One small suggestion. I would change the title. It's not about me. It never was. Ted. Oh, come on, Ted. It's been about you and everyone else. KJPR is now KBPR. Keely barbara public relations. Roy becomes the new manager of Richmond. Isn't Coach Beard more experienced? Nate celebrates with his family and Jade at a taste of Athens. Sam becomes a part of the Nigerian national team. Jamie meets his father in rehab. Higgy Pie hosts a barbecue and everyone attends. Basil, Jeremy and Paul own one share of Richmond. So does May Green. May fixes the frame in the pub just like in Cheers. Trent is at a book signing and the title of the book is The Richmond Way. I refuse to believe. It could have been Gradario's firmus Victoria. Keeley shares a modest proposal with Rebecca for AFC Richmond Women's Team. They scream and cheer. It's a KBPR joint initiative. Roy starts going to therapy. Dr. Sharon is now Richmond's head of mental health and emotional well-being. Well, every company should have one. Nate is doing some craft work with gold. Later, Nate is on Roy's shoulder putting up the torn belief sign as Willis directs. Just like this torn belief sign, the etch on my keyboard has been broken since 2019. It symbolizes my hope. The keys on the left side of my keyboard stopped working after 8 years. The A key, which is the first letter in my name, is broken into pieces. I tried to glue it back together and it reminds me of my brokenness. I tried to glue it back together and it reminds me of my brokenness every time I look at it. It is beyond repair. It's going to be this way until I buy a new MacBook Pro. The belief sign is Kintsugi'd unlike me or my keyboard pieces. Coach Beard and Jane get married at Stonehenge. Jane is pregnant. Ted is not present there. How is that even possible? There's even John, the shite-in-nine-ing-armor guy with a beard baby and no head of hair. That's so weird. I think it's all Ted's imagination of how he wants their lives to be. The guy who changed everybody's life is not in touch with them anymore? That doesn't make sense. Ted's flight lands in Kansas. Ted wakes up like he had a fever dream. He was reading the book How to Change Your Mind, The New Science of Psychedelics by Michael Pollan. Ted wanted to change his mind. Ted doesn't look happy when he rolls down the window of his cab. Henry spots Ted in the cab from the window. Henry rushes to get Ted. Michelle doesn't even go to Ted. The camera cranes up to the sky as Ted enters the house. With the sun flare, the camera cranes down from the sky to a kids football match. Henry misses a goal. Ted reminds him to be a goldfish. Ted smiles. The episode ends on Ted's close-up looking straight into the camera. It gives me a feeling that he's not happy. There's so much sadness in his eyes. So, Ted's with his son, but does he look happy? No. Fight test by the flaming lips plays over the end credits. I refuse to believe. I refuse to believe that this is the end. Jason, Ted and I went through the exact same trauma. The show gave me hope for three seasons only to snatch it back away at the very last second. I thought like Ted, I would find a way to be happy and I deserve love and affection. But the last close-up shot of Ted where he's trying to smile with tears and sadness in his eyes makes me think just like Ted. I won't get my happy ending. Art is supposed to make you feel cathartic, give you hope. This lack of hope at the end is tearing me up. Life may be hard and you don't get everything. But a show about hope sure took it all away. If the show was not about Ted, why was it called Ted Lasso? Ted was the goal that can soothe the belief. How am I supposed to believe and believe if the character I resonated with most wasn't happy in the end? How, I ask? You think the person with history of family suicide will be okay all by themselves? You think their friends don't need to check on them? You think the family he made in Richmond don't care about him? How is he missing from their lives in the future flash-forward sequence? Did he die? Did no one care about him? No biscuits one last time. In terms of story, you tied up a lot of threads and character arcs, but in a dream sequence, so it doesn't count. Rebecca Welton, you fucking legend. You poured your heart out. Do drink, sleep and fuck. Be free, birdie. You deserve the best. I have nothing but respect for you. If I have to believe, Season 4 will be out in 2025. If you take credit for all the kindness and mental health awareness that you've spread, take accountability for not doing right by your main character. Accountability matters. You can listen to The Awesome Pod Mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesomepodmix.